0: I'm Alex Coffin, this is Doing Good Through Food, and today I'm talking to Dana Ortner. Dana is the UK Director of Fair Food Forager, an international organisation aiming to change the way the world eats by helping people with everyday ethical food decisions. Their vision is to make it easier to support good businesses and to understand the impact of what we buy and who we buy it from. They do this by listing food businesses that meet various ethical criteria, such as minimising waste or using sustainable seafood. There are 13 criteria in total. Um, and then promoting those businesses via their website and, and an app to an engaged audience who want to know where their food comes from and, and to make informed ethical decisions about what they consume. They describe themselves as a megaphone for ethical businesses, which I think is great. <laughs> and I'm um, really looking forward to hearing how it all works, how it's developing and so on. So, Dana, thank you for making the time to come on and welcome to Doing Good Through Food.
1: Thanks. It's a pleasure to be here. <laughs>
0: awesome. I was looking into doing my research for this and sort of mm. from what I could see, what I could find out about you, you're a well-travelled person.
1: Yes. You uh, <laughs> yeah.
0: have travelled, I could see you travelled quite a lot in Central and South America and mm-hmm. Asia and a number of other places and you're living in the UK at the moment. And I just yep. thought, I'd, I'd just sort of as it started, like, what attracted you to settle here? What,
1: what? Oh, good question. I think so much of my life decisions are guided by opportunities and mm. had the opportunity to come here and work and it was an amazing job and I thought yeah I'd like to try that and test it out see how it goes and it was kind of food related as well Mm -hmm. so I was um, offered a job to cook on a private estate and I thought yeah getting paid to cook every day sounds great Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) and And it went from there
1: yeah and then it's kind of been lots of different things from there and I love other cultures and especially being in Europe is amazing because you can travel Mm -hmm. and see them all and yeah, I love being here. So, And a lot of my family are on this side of the world as well, so my brother and some relatives. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: I wondered, because you're you quite sort of settled here now, but you, you probably still kind of go away and come back. And I was wondering, when you come back, how do you how do you feel the UK is viewed at the moment?
1: It's a great question. I think it changes every time I go backwards and forwards and my own feelings about it change. Sometimes mm. it feels foreign but then other times it feels like home coming back so it's quite strange when you've lived away from your n- natural home for a while how you kind of acclimatize to different environments so mm. actually coming back to the UK the last time kind of strangely felt like coming home which is really it's a funny, I never a thought funny it would feel like that yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah So how did that take a long time to to get to was that you, you've been here about th- three years, think, four years four years
1: four years and on kind of on and off backwards and forwards a little mm. bit yeah so I think it's just mm. one of those things it's a bit of a journey and your thoughts change, yeah, from day to day, from month to month. And, yeah, I think it takes going backwards and forwards a few times as well, the contrast mm. of it to make you realise what feels like home and what is home in that mm. definition. So, yeah.
0: I thought maybe we could just jump straight in at the beginning and yeah, talk about go. talk about the app. I'd, I, you know, I sort of tried to give a bit of an overview in the, mm-hmm. in the introduction, but maybe we could start. Would you be able to just sort of explain – from a customer perspective, perhaps. Yep. So, you know, what's their experience of Fair Food Forager? How, how do they begin to interact with it? What What is it from their perspective?
1: So it's, well, it suits a lot of different people, but ideally travellers. So if you're in a town that's unfamiliar, which I've experienced many times, and you get there and you, you want to eat good food and you value what you put in your body and it's like, oh, I don't know where to start, or maybe you've got a few apps on your phone anyway, but... Sometimes it's not exactly what you want. So Fair Food Forager is you go on, you can click near me or you can say you're searching for something specific like, I don't know, Mexican food, and it will give you all the options that are nearby and you can click on them, you can see images of the food. And, yeah, it we have 13 different categories. And so it's for people who are not only conscious about Vegetarian and vegan options because not there's a lot of people who have environmental kind of ethics and want to do better for the environment, but they don't necessarily want to cut out the meat, mm-hmm. which is fair enough. So we kind of try and cover all 13 categories so we can cater to a lot of different people who are mm-hmm. concerned about the environment. So, yeah.
0: so the um, the kinds of businesses that are on there who mm-hmm. who um, who would be on the app? What's so you you talking? Is it sort of it's restaurants, cafes?
1: Yeah, so we have uh, five different categories, four different categories, I always forget. So Mm. uh, restaurants, cafes, grocers, caterers, and producers as well, because we want to make it a little bit easier for restaurants to connect with local suppliers as well, because we believe it's about creating a network Mm. and a system. So yeah, that's why we've got all of those on there. And sometimes they also sell direct to the public as well. So there's a lot of places down near Oxford that is pick your own, so customers mm-hmm. can go and pick their own strawberries or raspberries so mm-hmm. yeah we're about food in a broad broad sense
0: so the um businesses that you list on there so mm-hmm. how from that side how, how do they get involved because you say somebody was listening and they've got a they've got a business yeah. that, and they they try and do good things and they want to sort of promote what they do yep how, how do they get involved with with you
1: super easy you can drop us an email to hello at fair food forager or um, sign up on the website it's really simple, and people listening who know of a place, they can also go onto the website and suggest it as well. So, a lot actually to date, most of our listings have been coming through from our audience—people who love what we do. So,
0: okay. So, this is about listing companies that do do good things in these in these various areas, yeah. and they sort of meet the meet the criteria um, that are set out on the website. Mm-hmm. How how do people looking at that know that that is that that's right that they but that's what they're yeah doing. you know yeah. people if, if people wanted to kind of investigate it because this is sort of a shorthand almost It's, it's making these decisions easier you know yes. because it's a very hard thing to to investigate yourself but how, how do people know that they can that what what if somebody's on fair food forager that they are
1: they're doing what they're, they're doing, doing what they should be doing yeah yeah so we have a checklist that they go through when they sign up so mm-hmm. that runs through a lot of the specifics of their business how much of their menu is vegetarian or vegan mm-hmm. and a lot of those different things so Every business will go through that checklist first. And then we also have businesses that are forager verified. So that means that someone from the food forager team has been there, kind of seen what they're doing, making sure that they're doing what they say they're doing. Mm. Um, and then they can get prioritised listing in
0: the search results. So they, they, they're kind of like a, an accredited, a verified, Yeah, Yeah, <laughs> we, we
1: love what they do. And we're all about encouraging effort so businesses don't have to have everything right because mm. – it's a journey you can't have everything perfect sometimes they you know are catering to vegetarians and vegans but then they want to they get on the board and they think oh yeah we could probably reduce the amount of plastic that we use or find a better way to use like process our food waste things Mm -hmm. like that so we want to help encourage them to be more sustainable that's what we're about not about being really critical and Mm. like yeah you know what they still they still use plastic forks but Mm. they do amazing other great things we want to encourage those people and kind get them on board Mm. and create a business reason for ethics and sustainability
0: do do they have to be sort of somewhere on the journey on all of the criteria or does it um, uh, not depend, necessarily because right? it
1: depends on the business so mm. some businesses particularly in the producers category if you have um, a pig farmer for example who's just supplying meat he's mm. only going to have the ethical produce icon he's not going to have sustainable seafood or right. yeah all those sorts I of see, things so I it gets see. a little bit tricky if I see what you mean yeah
0: <laughs> but sort of, I suppose if the relevant ones they they're sort of they, you know you yeah. know that they're kind of they
1: have so to be if, making if, an effort in some respect otherwise we're a bit like mm, it'd, it'd be kind of greenwashing and we don't want that
0: well so. that that was yeah, i was going to sort of um greenwashing as it's something i've just heard quite a lot as i've been doing this podcast mm-hmm. you know sort of people um who are in this world you know of, of um sustainability and those sorts of things are very aware of particularly of big companies yes. trying to you know, be seen to do the right thing rather than actually doing the right Mm -hmm. things. So is is that something you've sort of come across in in Fair Food Forager?
1: It's definitely something that we're conscious of and it's a challenge ongoing. Mm. We find that certain areas and countries are easier to work with than others. Mm -hmm. Um, We're looking at partnering with different organisations that have some sort of process themselves, such as fair trade, because that's one of our icons. So if they're already doing a lot of that auditing and making sure businesses are doing what they're doing, then we can kind of partner with them so we're not doubling up on just constantly checking and checklists Mm -hmm. with all the businesses. So we're looking at doing that and, yeah, it's definitely a challenge.
0: Mm. And there's a sort of a peer – well, you said a community that's sort Mm. of around this, and I I got the impression that that's quite a big part of this – verifying process so that yeah. you know people invest people go and they they recommend they experience the business the cafe the, mm-hmm. whatever it is and they say this place is great and I you know yeah and exactly. I, I guess that's the sort of another level of verification to you know if or and also if they see something that doesn't look right I guess they'd flag that too
1: precisely yeah mm-hmm. and that's a way that businesses know what their customers want as well because people can leave reviews on the app and they can say mm-hmm. look in terms of sustainability they're great but you know what the service wasn't great or yeah i love this place they have great options but they still use plastic and it would be great if they could provide this mm. and so it's a great way for businesses to be more aware of this kind of demographic of customers especially if that's what they're pitching their business towards mm. and yeah helpful for us to know who's doing what like if there's someone on there that's getting lots of negative comments of like yeah mm. you know what they it say this it. but they're not really then yeah we can
0: I was thinking, sort of, as a as a business. Fair mm-hmm. Food Forager is, you know, it, it's a it's an organisation and, and an app, a platform. But there's yeah. this sort of a, as a business as well. How does how does it work? Because it's free to use from mm-hmm. a, from a customer perspective. It's free, well, unless you're the verified listings. I think you pay for, but the yes, but yeah. the the kind of self-certified mm-hmm. basic business kind of le- listing is free. So yeah. how how do you? And you're a business that has costs, you have people, you know, <laughs> yes, there, there are do. people. So how, how does it work?
1: Um, so at the moment we're developing the new app, which should be ready mid-next year. Okay. And that will be a freemium version app. So people mm-hmm. can download it for free, but if they want the premium version, then they pay for it. So that's probably where we'll make our primary kind of funds. Mm-hmm. Um, but then also through cross-promotion of other brands and businesses that support ethics and sustainability. Okay. So. Say, for example, a company that produces takeaway packaging that's environmentally friendly, we mm-hmm. might promote them or promote them to the businesses we work with and get funding through that way.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And as that's about as the network grows, the kind of opportunities to do that
1: yeah, increase as well, don't exactly, you? Exactly, yeah. exactly. And we're um, looking at doing a bit of a television pilot in Australia, so, um, a, yeah, a television program about ethics and sustainability, so highlighting brands and and just businesses doing great things. So probably through that as well. So a lot mm. of it is being like the megaphone and mm. the voice for ethics and sustainability and making money through those ways. So we don't have to charge businesses a lot because mm. we realize that it's really hard to, what well, can be really challenging to be a small business and be ethical and sustainable because it does cost more money mm. a lot of the time. So yeah, we want to make it as easy as possible.
0: Absolutely. So you, you were just saying it, um, it's, it started in Australia, yes, didn't it? Yes, yeah, And is yeah. it largely still based there? Is that where the sort of the business operates from with outposts in countries? Or? Yes,
1: yeah. So primarily it's an Australian business, although we recently incorporated in the UK. So wow. we're officially here as well, which is great. Exciting stuff. <laughs> really exciting. Yeah. Um, yeah, but we're our main base is in Australia and that's where most of our listings are at the moment, but then quite a lot in Southeast Asia as well. So. Is,
0: there, is there a sort of support structure then? So you've got obviously the kind of the people... Um, like yourself, mm-hmm. uh, you know, driving driving the business and sort of doing doing this this kind of thing. If customers had a an issue or businesses had an issue, is there sort of like a customer support? Function in there somewhere? Is there?
1: Ah, uh, you're speaking to it. <laughs> Not quite. Like, yeah. The phone? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Come on, Drop yeah, me an email. Yeah. Uh, it's something we're definitely putting in, going to put in place once we get the funding mm-hmm. for it. So we're quite a small startup company at this point in time. So pretty small team, and a lot of our staff are volunteers. Mm-hmm. So the people checking out cafes and restaurants, they're okay. doing it out of the goodness of their hearts. Mm-hmm. Um. So, yeah, we, we're a pretty tight team, so we communicate almost every day. So if there's issues in Australia or the UK, it's mm. usually really easy to kind of fix that for a customer or a business. And we're pretty mm. hands-on, pretty good response rates. So, yeah, but one down the track, once we get a bit more funding, we definitely have support mm. in place. Yeah.
0: Is, it, is sort of the team in there, do you think it can kind of grow quite away this this sort of structure as it is at the moment? Is it yeah, of, we're you're definitely... You're not too, you know, You're not too stretched.
1: (laughs) No, I'm still smiling, so it's fine. for anyone listening,
0: that's true. (laughs) That is true.
1: Uh, No, it's it's okay. We're planning to – like we've got our eyes set on being a global company because Mm. we really want to see the world changed in terms of food and waste and pollution and all that sort of thing. So Mm. we're planning to scale and scale big, and so that's part of our business plan and structure. Mm. So, yeah. And
0: it's one of those things, isn't it, when you sort of – it becomes – once you get sort of momentum and numbers, the, these things yeah, exactly. um, snowball a bit. Don't they? Yeah.
1: So hopefully within the next 12 months, mm. yeah, maybe we can sit down again in 12 months' time well, and <laughs> reassess. Yeah, that'd be great. and uh, Yeah, ho- hopefully by then I'll be like, yeah, we've got this support structure in place and loads of staff in all the countries. But yeah.
0: Well, let's, let's do that. Yeah. Let's do that.
1: Good. Yeah.
0: <laughs> is, it, is it sort of more developed in Australia, the, the kind of the business um, as a business? Or is, is it really kind of one? I mean, you said it's kind of – you incorporated over here. But mm-hmm. is, is it sort of – is the Australian model further along in any way?
1: Yeah, definitely. And I think a lot of that is due to our supporters in Australia because a lot of it came from existing networks of local food, produce, okay. things like that. So people who are really passionate about this already – and just general networks of the founders, their friends and people they know through business or the cafe that they regularly go to and they know. Mm. So that's kind of where it's stemmed from. So it's quite established there already. Whereas in the UK, we're a little bit kind of fresh on the scene, still Mm. making friends with people, getting to know the businesses in different areas. So Mm. yeah, it's a little bit behind here, but to be expected.
0: Mm. It seems like there's quite a sort of community here though. I mean, even just through the podcast, once I've started looking, it seems like people know each other. You know, definitely, kind of, definitely. It, it seems like sort of there is and, and they talk and they do. Yeah.
1: Yeah, definitely. And that's why I'm really excited to be here because when I first got back to the UK, because uh, I was in Australia earlier this year, and I thought, yeah, let's kind of see, see if Forager could take off here. Cause I wasn't really sure. I hadn't really looked into it much. And I got here and I was like, oh actually, there's an incredible amount of like local networks and organisations that are passionate about the same things as us, mm. so it makes complete sense for us to be here. Um, yeah, so we're having conversations with Good Food Oxford, in
0: okay. Oxford at the mm. moment,
1: and they do some amazing stuff around promoting good food. And yeah, so they're a great example of of that kind of existing mm. system. So.
0: Is Oxford sort of where you're based? Is that yes, where yeah. is it kind of growing around there? Sort of, I suppose organically because you you kind of getting to know the yeah getting definitely to know those people yeah
1: and, and we're also really trying to be really respectful of existing organizations because good food oxford had a hard copy directory mm. for local businesses okay. and so we d- I didn't want to go in there and just suddenly be like da da we're here we're going to just take all the data from your mm. book and put it on our website i wanted to actually build a relationship with them and work together because we're going for the same goal and want to make that as easy as possible for all parties. So, mm. yeah, we're in conversation with them at the moment, hopefully working out some kind of, yeah,
0: It's a difficult chip, thing, is isn't good. it? Because there's kind of, um, I think there's quite a lot of people, say, in, in tech, you know, doing sustain with, with similar sort of goals and there's, there's a sort of, um, it's, obviously you all want to sort of to see the same, mm-hmm. the same goals achieved but there's yeah. a sort of i suppose in some senses that it is kind of competition and whether there's it kind of dilutes things almost if you've got multiple platforms is that i don't know i don't know that's not a question that's just, <laughs> that's just that's just that's just are we statement. talking about multiple that's, platforms or? i don't know you know but um <laughs> yeah so when you collaborate with somebody mm. like good food that is that are they the only people that you've kind of really collaborated with like that yet or do you
1: have you um, tried have you
0: met any resistance trying to
1: not as yet. We've got a few kind of partnerships in the pipeline, which I probably can't talk about in a public yeah, okay. spectrum yet. Um, I'm just bursting to, but work in progress. Um, I think it's just figuring out how we can best support existing businesses. I mean, none of them are so directly competition that it it's a conflict, I think, especially mm. with Good Food Oxford. They're producing this directory and a lot of that's volunteer time and effort. So if we can manage the data for that and make Mm. sure it's always up to date and they want to print a hard copy every couple of years which is amazing Mm. then that's that's like an easy solution in my mind that we can support each other and yeah spend our resources really wisely and we can Mm. do what we do well they can do what they do well and we work together because we're all about the same stuff
0: yeah particularly if you're sort of bringing new new uh, sort of eyes to it from you know people traveling in who wouldn't maybe pick up yeah. The hard copy, but would would have your app. That's, exactly. That's quite, yeah. So and in such a that.
1: kind of student city in Oxford, mm. it makes sense to have an app because people of a certain generation are not necessarily going to carry the hard copy directory in their bag all mm. the time. And we use apps all the time. So it's yeah. kind of about yeah, bringing what we can, the tech side of
0: things to the table. So what I just wondered, what, how did you get involved? How did you, <laughs> uh, you know, you, you came over here with the with the job um but this this role this kind of involvement with fair food forage how how did that come to pass
1: (laughs) good question it's kind of a long-winded story and quite amusing uh so I was traveling in South America end of last year and early this year and got back to Australia and was just had kind of finished my job in the UK was moving back there wasn't really sure what I wanted to do yet and had the option to come back to the UK for summer just Mm. to help out with um yeah, summer produce and harvesting. Um, so I was in Australia and then went on holidays with my auntie to Vietnam and we were staying in this nice eco lodge, which is amazing, bamboo mm-hmm. resorts on Phu Quoc Island. Wow. You should go. They have these amazing, like, kind of outdoor bathrooms, like kind of indoor-outdoor vibe which are
0: incredible but that's
1: (laughs) that's a tangent somewhere
0: somewhere (laughs) a bit like that though and it kind of yeah that was memorable for me as well sort of just a wall wall around yeah exactly planted uh, inside the yeah yes such a nice feeling yeah but only works in the tropics yeah yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, back to the point back to the point so we're
1: staying in this amazing place um and yeah we were there for about a week and there was a guy at staying there as well. And every morning he'd wake up really early and go for a run along the beach and then come back and and then kayak up out around the island mm-hmm. and then sit on his computer all day. And it became kind of a thing amongst the guests Be like, what, what does that guy do? Who is this man is of mystery? That? And we were all like <laughs> having guesses and placing bets on what he actually does. And I was like, yeah, maybe he's like in the army or secret service, maybe he's a Very spy. disciplined, yeah. Yeah, disciplined of... and kind of fit, but on his computer a lot. So what does that mean? <laughs> Dude. Yeah, exactly. Interesting a, guy. Kind of an in intrigue. Yeah. And then one night at the resort, they had a, um, a communal dinner. So we we're all seated at the same table and he happened to sit down next to me and I thought, yes, finally I can find out what this guy does. And like end all the like speculation Mm. (laughs) and we started chatting and he's the founder of fair food forager paul okay and then we started chatting and he was explaining the business but i heard the word kind of vegan vegetarian and thought I don't know is this guy gonna try and convert me to like not eat meat anymore because I'm happy to eat veg but mm. I do enjoy meat as well mm. but good quality mm. and so I was like yeah okay cool sounds interesting and we got along well and so we, all of us were chatting over the next few days and then I kind of shared look I'm at the end of my travels and not sure what I want to do and he said well when you're back in Australia if you want to help out for a bit we could use it an extra pair of hands whilst you're mm-hmm. kind of figuring figuring your life out and I was like yeah cool Because he's done a bit of travel himself Mm -hmm. and has been in that position before, and reaching a point in your life where you're like, oh, I don't really know what I want to do. And yeah, sometimes you just need an opportunity or something. And Mm. yeah, so he gave me his card, and then I went on the website, and I think it was Love at First Sight Mm. S I T E. And I saw the food pictures, and I was like, wow, this is amazing. I love food. I love the environment and the planet and society and everything, and want to make the world a better place. And it just, yeah, matched. And from there, it's just kind of snowballed into being because it's
0: yeah. Did, did, I'm so did you go? Did you go and work in Australia first? Yeah, you, so I so was there to, for about, kind of
1: about a month, kind of helping out with things. Yeah. Um, and then was planning to come to the UK anyway, mm-hmm. and thought, yeah, and said, hey Paul, what about we try the UK as well? I'll see what what it's like over there whilst mm-hmm. I'm there. And yeah.
0: And was it something he was sort of thinking of before, you know, the UK or was this was this a hard sell?
1: <laughs> it wasn't a hard sell. He thought, yeah, it go, wasn't part of the plan, it. but I right. think we think big in terms of what we want to do and the impact mm. we want to have. So he was very much like, yeah, like it's, it's not going to cost us anything. Let's give it a go. Mm-hmm. And it's super encouraging in that way. So, yeah, got here and was like, yeah, I think it could be good. He's like, yeah, okay, let's let's go let's for it. Go let's for see. It, yeah. yeah.
0: That's mm. very cool. So it's exciting. So here we are. So here we are. Here
1: we are. Yeah, who would have thought?
0: <laughs> so you say it's, it's you know it's a big it's a big mission and it's a big um, it's a big goal really, isn't it? Yes. It's, yeah. it's, it's uh, sort of big, big stuff generally. All all of these topics they can kind of seem quite overwhelming when you start to look into the you know sort of scale of food waste and and yeah. think you know do you do you ever sort of feel that way or do you think with all the, I suppose the other side of that and I've yeah. I've, I've kind of asked. I've asked different people this in different ways, but mm. it's um, on the one hand, you know, these numbers and these sort of when people try to visualize these things and talk about, you know, Eiffel Tower's worth of food and, yeah. and those sorts of things. It can be, be very overwhelming. But when, you know, when you, as soon as you start looking, you sort of find, you know, more and more and more people trying to do stuff. Mm. And do, you, do you tend to feel sort of um, positive about about the future generally? yeah with with kind of everything that people are trying to do, or do you think it's hopeless sometimes yeah, <laughs> people don't listen and and the, the problems are so big?
1: I don't know, I think I'm an eternal optimist, so that that helps, mm-hmm. but I think, yeah, it's definitely a really overwhelming issue once you start opening your eyes and seeing it, and I think I started to see it during my travels in South America, coming to incredible locations and just seeing rubbish everywhere and it's rubbish mm. from food from things that we eat mm. or seeing food wasted and people having not having enough food and it's incredibly overwhelming and yeah to be honest i don't like facing those kind of issues yeah. it's just kind of too hard and i think a lot of people are like that it's like it seems so difficult to mm. tackle because it's so huge and so kind of pervasive into every little decision that you make in everyday life but then i think that's where fair food forager is amazing because it simplifies that it says if these are your values if you shop here that's helping you support that you're going to buy lunch anyway so mm. buy lunch at this restaurant where they're reducing their impact on the environment and i think on the large scale that can have a really massive impact so in some ways it's really it's really hard to work in this kind of sphere because mm. it's challenging to see all those problems, but it's really exciting to be, yeah, working positively and we try to be a really positive voice about it. So when I kind of came on board with Fair Food Forager, I said, I was kind of like, yeah. But we should probably make sure that everything we put on Facebook is really positive and encouraging, and like, yeah, this is the great things that's happening because there's a mm. lot of people doing cool stuff out there when it comes to sustainability. Yeah, when you start
0: looking. Yeah. yeah,
1: it's actually amazing, and that's inspiring and encouraging. And I think that's what people want and need in their everyday lives. They don't want to see, you know, see animals choking, even though that's kind of the reality of the mm. the situation. They want to be encouraged, and we want to encourage people and be a positive voice. I
0: mean, there's always that sort of danger, isn't there? Of you know, if you're dealing with very emotive kind of issues, that you just provoke a kind of uh, like a knee-jerk response. You know, you say, it's yeah. an, an animal choking on sea waste, and you sort of somebody you think oh, terrible, and and donate something to, to sort mm, of feel mm-hmm. better immediately. But to actually yes. kind of encourage somebody to, to live differently is is a different thing. Yeah, it's kind of because yeah. we're all
1: aware of the issues and we don't need reminding of it every day like you only need to see an animal dying from plastic once for that to kind of resonate in you of like gosh actually that that affects my my everyday decisions affect that mm. and i think you don't need to see that repetitively to <laughs> to make a decision that that's not what you want yeah but we yeah we so we try and be like more proactive and positive about things and like yeah this is the way that you can prevent that or stop that or work towards a world where that's not happening anymore mm-hmm. and keep it really, yeah, upbeat. <laughs> <And what laughs>
0: trying are the, to. Yeah. One what, what of the other things I was, um, I was talking to somebody recently about mm. the way that consumers make choices and that um, sustainability concerns it. You know, if you go and ask people, survey them on the street, yeah. people will tell you, you know, we, like, we've all seen yeah. sort of an animal choking on sea waste, like sustainability is mm-hmm. important to me, but that's not always... Followed, you know, doesn't always marry up with the purchasing decisions that people yeah. quite often. You know, it's quite a harsh, another harsh reality to sort of, mm-hmm. you know, in in a sense that people will quite often choose first on price, but then maybe on quality and mm-hmm. and things like that. And yeah. then it seems like the app has got quite a kind of good, quite an important role in in make in that sort of decision making process. So that if people know that the sustainability is taken care of, and now mm-hmm. it's just you know, it's a quality decision you know so yeah. if people are saying this is a brilliant restaurant and and also you know that it's doing all of these other things mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm.
0: that that seems like a kind of I say this would maybe the way to engage people that's yeah
1: exactly that's what we want to be because yeah it's it's actually really hard when you start thinking about it so once i started getting involved with forager i suddenly became really conscious of every time i got was served a drink with a plastic straw because mm. it's something i just not really thought that much about even though i knew that plastic Waste was a problem, Mm. and then suddenly it's like, oh, my goodness, every time I order a beverage I have to consciously think about it. But then if the businesses on the app are ones Mm. that reduce plastic, then you know, ah, it just takes that. Yeah, like you said, out of the picture, and mm. it's like, okay, does it do? What do I want to drink? Then yeah. the options are more exciting. <laughs> can focus on what we really want to know: is satay chicken or chorizo chicken? Mm. Mm.
0: That's <laughs> the, the more important. decision. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah. The ones yeah, that we're interested do. in, yeah, exactly. you want to know about. So,
0: yeah, absolutely. The um, what do you think? What's? I mean, you, you sort of answered this already, but what's the what's the hope for the business? How far? <laughs> How far do you think it can go? I mean, you said you want global. to be—you want to be a global world domination. Yes, <laughs> for good, <laughs> the world.
1: Yeah, um, yeah, we yeah, we'd love to be in every country, yeah. ideally. Um, and we're really passionate about making a difference, not just through the app and the website, mm-hmm. but once we start making profit, doing things like beach cleanups and. Mm-hmm actually being really active and making the world a better place so Mm. yeah that's definitely part of it and it's kind of as big as you can dream like we we're already thinking like yeah we could do this or we could do that and Mm. there's there's so many things you can do and just supporting other businesses doing great things not only restaurants and cafes but like i said businesses that have packaging that's not damaging the environment Mm. all that kind of thing actually creating this huge system around food that's more ethical and makes people feel good Mm. that yeah that would be the big dream
0: i mean you said that um obviously the sort of the public public food businesses are sort of maybe maybe the biggest part of things but Mm. you're also Mm -hmm. dealing with grocers and producers and those sorts of things do you do you sort of is there any talk or do you see any way of it getting into kind of like retail food like supermarkets that sort of thing the kind of food that people purchase mm-hmm. you know i suppose the thing that i again is something I've, I've asked a few times i think because i'm just i've seen it with the um food ingredient labeling you know like the mm-hmm. traffic light sort of yes. system there is yeah. a shorthand there this is it's similar to all the stuff we were just saying people don't have the kind of capacity to you know if you're if you're doing your weekly shop or whatever mm-hmm. it is you know yeah. you, you need to you might want to make a sort of healthy or a, a ethical sort of decision, but you haven't got time to investigate every item, or you know, very few people. Oh, it's really do.
1: boring to do that for every yeah. item. <laughs> it's, it's you know,
0: most for most people, it's not such a absolutely some sort of mm. central concern. But um, if there was some sort of labelling that could convey that in the same way that you know mm. the, the traffic light system for food ingredients kind of has simplified things, maybe yeah. it. I'm rambling well, no is, go there, go is there a on. way that you that that it could apply to that is that something you've ever talked about
1: uh, I don't think we've talked in that scheme specifically but there actually is an app out there I think called mm. provenance and they do a lot more of that where you scan the barcode of things okay. yeah you might want to talk to those guys so
0: yes, yeah, <laughs> night to night.
1: they're actually yeah a really amazing team and they've worked really hard to get that kind of whole because that's a really challenging thing to track food from the producers all the Mm. way to the supermarket shelves and having that kind of information accessible on an app Mm. is really a challenge so yeah they've been working really hard and so i guess it's probably something we wouldn't look at because there's already somebody doing it and Mm. like i said before Mm. we don't want to be doubling up on things because it doesn't make sense we're all about the same goal Mm. and if those guys are doing that well then we want to kind of support them or yeah come alongside them rather Mm. than doing the same thing
0: but supporting so the when you support a grocer or if you Mm -hmm. the grocer's listed on the site you're you're talking really about the practices of the grocer as a business as as, so and you know that they will generally that they will follow these criteria yes rather than it's not talking about the sort of specific things within the business the specific products
1: no we're not quite so detailed yeah for grocers in particular, and it yeah, in some ways it wouldn't make sense because grocers are always going to stock oranges and lemons and things like that, and that's not always lo- mm. well, that's not local because we don't grow them in yes, the UK, yeah. and so they'll have that in their stock, but they might still s- source all their other produce mm. locally, so they would probably still have the local mm. produce icon. So yeah.
0: So plans in the UK, so world dominance <laughs> is, the, is the big over plan. And in yeah. the UK, kind of is it just about coverage and sort of and building the network of consumers first? I mean, building, the, building people using the app, is that?
1: Um, probably it's a little bit of both, I guess. We need people using the app to kind of show businesses mm. that there is value in it. Mm. But then we also need enough businesses on board to show people yeah. like, yeah, use the app, you'll find good food. So mm. <laughs> it, it's a bit of both at the same time. Um, yeah but we're in the process of rebuilding the app so it's a little bit more user friendly so f- I guess for the f- short term I'm looking mm. a lot at building relationships with businesses and making sure specifically I guess in Oxford first that mm. we have a really good coverage but then definitely want to be in every, every county, every town that would be yeah. amazing but we kind of need a bit of help doing it so if anyone listening yeah, <laughs> is keen yeah they can get in touch or just suggest things on the website cause,
0: I think yeah. you had caterers on there as well yeah I we saw. do so that's and that's kind of you know that's the background. I know that some of the people that listen are cachers, so they, yeah, yeah, yeah. if they if they have that sort of focus, they should get in touch as well. Definitely,
1: definitely, yeah. all on board. <laughs> that would be amazing because yeah, we want to we want to make it really thorough and cover every mm. every part of the country, ideally.
0: Foraging? Are you joining me?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I knew this was going to come up every time.
0: <laughs> well, you know, it's, yeah. it's, it it sort of does present itself as a question so are you encouraging foraging as well is that I mean
1: (laughs) no it's actually I I laugh because it's really interesting the the cultural difference between Australia and the Mm. UK because in Australia if you say fair food forager people like oh okay interesting they take it as someone looking for food but when you come to the UK people have a more uh defined idea of what foraging is and it doesn't mean going to a cafe or a restaurant
0: no. <laughs> no it turns not to
1: yeah that's something I didn't expect and is quite interesting but I think the actual definition of foraging is not necessarily just in the wild mm. yeah
0: I'm sure there is a forager on your site though I'm sure, I, I'm sure <laughs> I saw somebody who was actually foraging sort of in the UK type definition of it is that I mean potentially I know
1: there's a guy that does mushrooms New York so that might be the that mushroom forager guy yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, we, we're not really about that. But, I mean, we love local food, so I guess...
0: It is very local. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In
1: terms of philosophy, we're okay with foraging. But, yeah, that's not our main... That's business. not it. No. That's,
0: it's not the master plan. No. So. <laughs> yeah.
1: I think it would make a really funny advertising campaign, though. Like mm. someone all wild and dishevelled, like looking for good food. We say, yeah, it doesn't have to be this hard. And then you just
0: use there the you app. Go. It yeah. writes itself. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> There um, the are sort of questions that I tend to ask everybody, just so much, much more kind of general yeah. general questions. And um, I thought I'd ask you a few of them. Sure. Um, what is your favourite thing to do that has nothing to do with food? Oh, that's
1: so hard. It is. <laughs> um, I really love salsa dancing. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's something I do quite regularly. I think because I really enjoy like chatting with people, and you can yeah, you can talk to a lot of people when you're rotating around a salsa circle. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So no, that's, that's, yeah,
0: I love that's doing that. One. It sounds like food is quite a kind of central in a lot of what you do. Though so he said sort of food brought you over here with the job. Food is now is, yeah. is the job. Is that is that a big part of just?
1: It's something I just I really enjoy. I think ah. Uh, kind of yeah it's I think it's something that's like developed over time but definitely always valued food I think because I yeah as a kid we ate a lot of takeout and mm. not good food and so I kind of yeah have an appetite for broccoli and vegetables and that sort of thing mm. and so it's it's kind of stemmed from there I guess and having opportunities I think especially in this kind of day and age with like Master Chef and all these cooking programs mm. food and like the finesse of it has become, yeah, something people are interested in and you can find out a lot about. Mm. And then I guess following on from that, I love cooking and would cook for friends and then got this job working as a housekeeper and then it just kind of, yeah, snowballed even more from there because you understand the process of like the food in the kitchen garden. You see the gardeners planting the seeds and Mm. you taste the produce at the end of that season and you realise, wow, like – having an organic system and the quality of the soil makes such a big difference to the flavor mm. and i've become an absolute snob like <laughs> <laughs> i can't handle raspberries from supermarkets anymore they just don't have the same flavor just don't taste like raspberries. they really don't yeah. once you've like tasted good food it's really hard to kind of like slum it and go for supermarket produce so yeah i really love food <laughs> <laughs> I, know, I'm getting I literally could talk for hours like I joked one day with someone that I could have a half an hour conversation about bread and they're like Haha, I've never talked about bread before and then I talked with them about bread them. and they're yeah. like oh yeah wow okay <laughs> yeah there's a lot to it
0: there really is there's um yeah no there really is it's sort of all, all these things when you really dive into it it's like yeah. coffee and you know beer I mean they're kind of like the craft side yeah. of, of that you know things that spring to mind but I mean there's People seem to really kind of go into a lot of Mm. depth about all these, you know, in all sorts of ways. Everything that we consume, really, Mm, mm -hmm. it seems like there's this kind of craft and provenance kind of focus to it at the moment if you look for it. which is
1: exciting and I think it's great. But I think it's important as well because food is something that everybody shares in common. Like it's Mm. one of those essential things we all need, like water, food, shelter. Mm. And it's a way that people come together. You might not have something... Like you might come from a completely different culture, but sharing a meal with someone is a really special experience. And maybe they share a meal f- of something that they cook in their country, and you can connect. You can connect with people through food, and I think that's part of the reason why I really love it. Is that mm. it has this amazing, magical way of bringing people together, which is
0: well, cool. absolutely. I mean, it's kind of. I tend to find it goes very, very deep with people as well. Mm. You know what they? It's really kind of it's childhood memories. It's yeah. it's kind of culture and identity and all, all those sorts of things it's kind of uh, yeah there's really a lot to it and i I, mm. I mean i love the kind of involvement i have in it but it's and it's great talking to people that have yeah, yeah. you know sim- similar sorts of sort of sort of takes on it so mm. do you are there any um kind of daily routines habits things like that that you have that set you up for the day that kind of that things things that you don't feel right without doing you talked about uh, seeing your your founder running up and down the beach in Kailua. Do, do you have a version of <laughs> yeah, that? Yeah,
1: he's got more <laughs> yeah, of a set got, routine. Yeah, exactly. Mine probably just includes like brushing my teeth and make. I actually the always basics. I always make my bed in the morning, like that, maybe like ninety five percent of the time.
0: That yeah, I, I've heard people <laughs> say that before. It sort of sets you up. That's yeah. The, well, the it's of, more
1: about like when you come home again later. It's mm. like your bed's ready for you. Mm. I don't know. It's a different feeling when you walk in and your bed's a mess. I feel it feels a bit strange. I don't know when that started because I didn't always do it, but now it's. But now it's a thing. Yeah, I I can't (laughs) not do it. I'm like, oh, I haven't made the bed yet. (laughs) (laughs) Only in emergency situations where I have to run out the door does that ever happen. Even then. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, And I think I'm probably typical of my generation in that I I quite often check like Facebook and Instagram mm. first thing not for any I can go without it it's not Mm. like I'm addicted maybe a tiny bit but yeah it's part of my routine it's Mm. a way of connecting so yeah
0: I found a thing recently called space an app that you put on your phone that kind of makes you uh, it puts a different icon you can connect it to Twitter Instagram Facebook all of those sorts of things and then it gives you a different icon so when you press it it uh, makes you, you have to do a number of deep breaths along with it before it actually loads it up and it kind of like oh makes, that's so really pause, interesting yeah I've, I've just found that <laughs> recently so if you're kind of like impulsively looking on it yeah just, probably it doesn't block that. <laughs> you from doing it but yeah I no, just uh, yeah a recent discovery I, I've thought that yeah no it's interesting
1: and I think it's interesting to think about a lot of it's funny because a lot of my family members are actually not on social media because they're mm. a bit kind of anti-technology and taking over the world but i think if you use technology well it can actually enhance our lives and help us to be better connected but it's definitely in balance so Mm. i think i might need that app
0: (laughs) i I did i went uh sort of cold turkey on everything got rid of my facebook Mm. a few years ago and and was very down on social media in general and then i've just really just been doing this podcast and Mm. actually with with sort of a purpose behind it i've kind of suddenly decided i was completely wrong about that and you know if if you if you've got a reason a focus or something mm-hmm. to be to be doing it kind of that's the promise of social media isn't it the sort of connecting with people yeah. a, around something that actually means something and exactly. that's yeah
1: yeah and i find it actually is amazing like living overseas it helps me stay connected with people mm-hmm. i mean that's what social networks are about creating a social network mm-hmm. and i think if you use them well then it can make you feel more connected with people Particularly, people like my nana. She's never gonna. Well, probably unlikely. Oh, she travels quite a bit, actually. I, mm. should, I shouldn't really she say that. I'm may. like, sorry, Nan. Um, <laughs> it's unlikely that she will come to the UK kind of regularly to see me. She she's, might come she's once be or over twice. Next month to show yeah, she probably will. Yeah, like, one. Hey. <laughs> but she's probably the first person that comments on anything I put on Facebook, which is it's, great. it's kind of strange at first, but then it's like, oh no, actually, this is a this is a social network, and she's mm. part of my life, and I love it. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's great. Brilliant. Yeah, and my mum's on Snapchat too, which is quite hilarious. Really? <laughs> uh, yeah.
0: I have got no idea <laughs> okay, no, that, that one makes me feel quite old. <laughs> if yeah, yeah. so people who wanted you know people who are listening mm-hmm. who want to get involved businesses customers yep. whoever they are again where should they go what should, what should they the website is
1: www.fairfoodforager.co.uk okay. or .com.au that- if you're in Australia both mm-hmm. works. Uh, you can drop an email to hello at fairfoodforager.com mm. or get in touch via social media we're mm. super active as you can tell I check it every morning so yeah. mm. <laughs> and you <laughs> you, s- can get you in said touch.
0: If, if a lot of it's voluntary as well mm-hmm. so if people are kind of you know want to kind of get involved a stage further they can kind yeah. of, they can get involved and start
1: definitely you know definitely. if there
0: are places that they particularly like if they if they are doing a lot of this on their own and want to mm-hmm. tell people about the, the places they should, they can get involved in sort of
1: for sure. Yeah. yeah, we have ambassadors in quite a few different parts of Australia. We don't have any in the UK yet. So if you want to be one and help us find great places, okay, get in touch. That would be great. Yeah,
0: there you go. Well, if, yeah, if you want to be an ambassador,
1: get in touch. Get and in touch. the app is free to download on the Android and Google and Apple stores. So and a
0: new version next the year as and well. The new so version. I'm so
1: excited for it. Yeah, it'll
0: be great. Wow. So look out for all of that. Brilliant. All then. right. Thank you very much. It's been awesome.
1: No, thank you. Thank you. It's been a pleasure.